Hello, y'all. Co-founder Tickles here. Got a little bit of house cleaning to do before our special first episode of the TMC podcast, a.k.a. the Movie Club. And that first item of business here, I've been getting a lot of questions. How does the Movie Club work? Well, uh, we're going to release episodes every other Monday. So you get uh, an episode focusing on a movie that you guys pick every other Monday. Those polls will open the day after the episode drops. So every other Tuesday, uh, that's when the polls will open. They'll be open Tuesday through Thursday evening. And where can you vote? You can go to the TKOK Podcast Network Facebook group. We'll have polls open there. You could also go to at the movie club on Instagram. Uh, I'm going to have some polls in the stories <clears throat> so you can vote there. If, uh, if you're not on Facebook uh, and on Instagram, and we're going to work on getting polls in some other places as well. But for the time being, that's where you can vote. <clears throat> the second item of business today is if you're here listening to the TMC podcast, I uh, hope you're listening to Pop Moms podcast and concerts that made us two other podcasts in the TKOK podcast network. Uh, they're putting out new content right now. If you uh, haven't checked them out, get over there, give them a listen, rate, review, subscribe. goes a long way. And I don't want to keep you from MacGruber any longer. I'm excited for this. I'm really excited for the new music, new podcast, new music. And that new music is brought to you by an old friend, old friend Prop Cause. Uh, another old friend is uh, my co-host on this episode and co-founder of the TKOK Podcast Network, Kate Flynn from Pop Moms Podcast. Uh, Prop, take us away. I don't want to wait any longer. Give me some Uber. Who am I? You asked? My name is McGruber. Remember that name, capital M, A, C, capital G, R, U, B. First episode of TMC Podcast. That is the movie club. This is a movie club. It's like a book club, but with movies. And uh, today I am joined with co founder and host of Pop Moms Podcast, Kate Flynn. Kate, hi say hey. How's it going? Yeah, we are excited. Today we are talking about a movie near and dear to my heart. Um, and this movie club, you know, it started over the pandemic with myself and Kate's wonderful husband, Michael, uh, and a couple of our other buddies. And we would just pick a movie, uh, we'd all watch it and then get together and talk about it. Um, so we're hoping that this is something that you have as much fun with it as we did. And Kate, I know you had a lot of fun. Uh, I had a ton of fun. I like secretly was like the unofficial like member of your guys movie club only like by forcing myself into it. Um, again, a very like, valuable like, addition to the club, though. Very you, valuable. Thank you, Tommy, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I love movies. I just don't have like a strong preference in terms of what we watch. So like what I really liked is, um, you know, you guys picked movies that kind of like how we're going to pick movies, right? Like some of them that we've seen, some of them we haven't seen, some of them we haven't heard of, you know, some of them we wish we hadn't seen, like, you know, it's just, it's, it was really cool. And I really liked the concept because then, you know, afterwards you guys got together and talked about the parts that you liked and, you know, it was like a little bro date for you guys. So um, I'm excited to share that with more people because I think that a lot of people resonate with, uh, I guess, the comfort of watching movies and especially in times like this, uh, there's a need for it and there's a need to be able to connect with people across, you know, areas you don't see very often. So that's right. And, uh, and you know, 
we are going to talk about some serious movies here in Movie Club. Uh, we picked a pretty silly one. I think that, you know, sometimes it's just fun, you know, to get together and talk about something that's immature and idiotic and, and laugh with your buddies. And, uh, and this movie certainly uh, provided plenty of those moments. Uh, MacGruber was released in 2010, starring Will Forte, Ryan Phillippe, Kristen Wiig, and Val Kilmer. This was a Jorma Tacone's first time directing a film and uh, nominated, maybe unsurprisingly, for zero gold. It's like gloves. you couldn't tell. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it actually did have a good space. flow for that, right? Yeah. Well, and you know, um, it, it, it wasn't nominated for any awards. Surprisingly, uh, only a 35% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes and only 5.6 out of 10 stars on IMDb. I don't know exactly how I would rate this movie for streamability. It was available on Amazon, yeah. but uh, but nowhere else. So accessible, but not, you know, I, I would say totally uh, accessible. And uh, it is the tale of an Army Ranger, Green Beret, Navy SEAL, grieving widower, who's, uh, these are all characteristics rolled into one, all alpha male MacGruber, and he is lured out of his newfound life of peace in Ecuador 10 years after the murder of his wife at their wedding. Uh, Brutal. When, Brutal way to go. Yeah. Uh, when uh, supervillain Dieter von Kunth steals a nuclear warhead. Uh, so that's the plot of the movie. And, you know, like I said, the movie is a lot of things. It's depraved, immature, warped, at times idiotic. But it's also an immensely entertaining uh, movie. Uh, at least that's my opinion. We're going to see what Kate thought here in a second. And it's Before, Kunth, right? Kunth. It's not, no, it's Kunth. I mean, it's Kunth. really like yeah. Kunth. It's very Kunth. close to the word that <laughs> they were avoiding. Like, yes. it's not even like Kunth. Like, Kunth sounds like, you know, they put some thought. No, it's it's Kunth. Yeah, it's Kunth. Um, up. <laughs> and MacGruber loves saying Kunth. So, you know, we're going to get into the overall movie, but, you know, I just kind of ran down, you know, this movie was not critically acclaimed, uh, at no awards, but... Recently, as I was doing some research for some of my favorite movies of the last 10 years, um, I found an article by Collider that listed it as the number one comedy of the last 10 years, which kind of was a big uh, catalyst for us picking this movie on top of the fact that it's a favorite in our friend circle. So, Kate, was that surprising to you to see that that this movie was ranked uh, number one out of all comedies of the last 10 years? Thanks for asking, Tommy. Yeah, I was incredibly shocked that this was the number one movie um, in the last 10 years, but like not because it isn't a good movie, but because like I had to go back and think of all of the good movies over the last 10 years, you know, yeah. and like I, I will say like it aged better than I thought it would. Oh, yeah. Um you know, sometimes going back, like watching old Saved by the Bell episodes, for example, oh, or for sure. like other <laughs> Zach Morris is trash. Yeah. Um, just you know, seeing how, how things are, even within the last 10 years, you know, yeah. um, I think this age decent. And I think it's cool when a comedy can do that because it can't always. So, I mean, like taking that into consideration, you know, like, I don't know, Collider's, uh, you know, movie or uh, reader base. So I don't know <laughs> if it would be like, oh, it makes sense to be, you know, like the number one comedy over that. But like, I... I know I don't feel like it's the best comedy like off the top of my head and like being really bad with conception of like dates like what 10 years ago was and when the movies were being uh, released there like I don't think I could pick another one um, for sure but I mean 
I think it's good. I think it's it's just a funny movie. Like when Mike and I pick what shows we're going to watch at night, um, it's kind of reflective of like how the state of the world is. And so like we kind of go for like a very dumbed down, like to take the serious edge off. Like I just need things that like I'm not going to have to think about a ton. And if I miss part of it, like I can just catch up exactly where it is. So like Bob's Burgers or something like that. But this was like it was this was it. You know, that was like it was a good, you know, anyone can watch it. And um, just, you know, go to bed feeling totally fine after (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> totally. And, yeah, and I, I want to stop short of calling it a guilty pleasure uh, type movie, but I'm sure some yeah. people would call it that. There's something comforting about a movie like this, right? Where, you know, you, you're not going to walk out of it feeling dumb, like maybe you missed something or, you know, you're not understanding it. it you know, you can just go and watch a movie and enjoy it for face value. Um, you know, so I, I mean, I think there's it's a not life changing, but totally. it'll pass a day. <laughs> it sure made me laugh out loud a number of times. Um, yep. Going back to this collider list, were there any movies you remember uh, that were just, you know, stood out as like, I can't believe that these weren't not that these weren't included? I mean, I'll go ahead and default back to like the whole I'm really bad with names and years movies were released. Um, So, I mean, like what what stood out the most to you? So I I I kind of give commentary on that. Yeah, no, I think for me. I, I love these sort of thought exercises, you know, going back and, and kind of reviewing, um, you know, every 10 years, you know, that decades, movies, albums, you know, all that stuff, sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I kind of like taking a second to catalog, mm-hmm. I, catalog yeah. is probably the better word to catalog kind of everything. And it, it's just a nice reflection. Um, so th- for me, the biggest thing that stood out was there were a lot of movies that immediately jumped to mind where I was like, I can't believe this movie's not on there. Or mm-hmm. I can't believe this, uh, whether it be Zoolander or... Um, Zoolander's not 10 years old, though. Well, that's the thing. And and that was one of the things. I was surprised by how many movies I was thinking had happened in the last 10 years. But have really, so it's, long it's the last no, 20 years. Good news, Tommy. We're old. Yeah, yeah. We've arrived. Yeah, so 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 that collateral list, A, made me feel old. B, there were a couple movies that I thought were left off. I mean, th- there were a lot of movies on there that, quite honestly, I just hadn't seen. Kind of like smaller, artsy, indie-type mm-hmm. comedy movies. Um, yeah. But the ones that I thought were lacking were uh, the interview with Seth Rogen and James Franco. I thought that movie uh, was very hilarious. One of the movies the last 10 years, I just remember laughing out loud a lot. Probably just low expectation type deal. Um, the more the most recent Borat movie I thought could have been on this Super list. funny. Super, Super funny. funny. And then uh, <clears throat> for me, and I know this is one where, uh, you know, me and your husband have differing opinions on this film. But Jojo Rabbit, I thought, could have also been on here. Uh, Taka Waititi, the director, is represented in two other films, so that would have put given him three films in the last ten years uh, in that top twenty. But so for me, those are the ones that I guess kind of stood out as as uh, as missing. The other thing that came up, it, uh, it just this was an overall discussion, is you know the the that list for some people kind of felt that it was weaker compared to other decades. And one of the talking points was, what is that a reflection of? Why is uh, you know why does this list seem not as strong as, you know, the list from 2000, 2010 or 90 to 2000. Um, And one person brought up cancel culture and was wondering if that's it. I like totally agree. I was going to say like, it's not even like the cancel culture. It's just like, you can't just put out like um, a rude, funny movie anymore. You know what I mean? Like you have to take it, you have to do it in a tactful way. And I don't think that a lot of directors have like, not the experience, but they don't have like the, they haven't evolved to that. They haven't adapted. Well, totally. They haven't had to think about it, right? So it's like a muscle they're not using. So, I mean, to me, that was like to be able to execute a movie that has touchy subjects on it and still like have it have not be you know, totally offensive. 
exactly exactly well yeah totally well and you know it kind of reminds me of like the the todd phillips type movie uh he was the director of like old school and um you know a bunch of those films i'm blanking on, on some of the other ones for some reason right now but then he came out and he he directed the joker and in large part he said that was like a response to like cancel culture or whatever i tend to think um you know, I'm sure cancel culture plays into it. I think people have had to make smarter comedies. Um, and that list may be a reflection of that. But I also think probably the biggest thing that's affected it is TV, television, where yeah. now there's, you know, the, if really the best star, all the big stars, they're going in and making TV shows, they're making these series. And I think TV has kind of replaced movies in a lot of ways as far as what we're getting the great, the best content is typically a show versus a movie. So totally because yeah, you can think, have it be more that what you want it. Right. Like, yes. and think about how things were released. A movie is a one-time release, a show, like it stays top of mind and you hit it, you know, once a week, even if it's something where it's released, you know, in a four part series, like you have those four parts and you know, you come back to it. And it's like, there's just so much more like interaction with it than there is yes. just with a one-time movie. Yeah. You get 10 hours, you know, assuming you're going to do 10 episodes, you know, arc versus two and a half hours. And then, like you said, you also get multiple seasons, so you you get you get multiple stabs at it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think all those things are uh, you know in play for you know, and, and I, I would argue that it would be interesting to go back ten years from now. Maybe some of these movies I haven't seen, I'm more familiar with. Um, maybe, you know, have movies become cult classics. Big Lebowski wasn't super popular when it first came out. Now look at this. No, oh my god, Office Space. I remember Another. when Office Space came out, and then like I saw it in high school, and I was like, what the fuck. <laughs> I'm like, how would I have missed this? And it's right. like, oh no, I remember seeing Office Space at like the marquee at like the, you know, overpriced cinema that used to be, you know, at the corner of, what was it? A hundred, Highway 100 in Oklahoma. Whew, take me back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I remember it and I'm like, oh yeah. And then I'm like, wait, wasn't that released a lot? And that was like, I guess that was actually the first movie where I was like, not cult classic, but like when it had like a cult following afterwards, like it didn't have a huge uh, release at For the box office. Box office. I was yeah. like, box was <laughs> like buy box my work is getting in my head um so yeah so yes yeah, so that was the first one where i was like oh my god like movies have cult like cult followings and then like understanding that so i feel like this is sort of one like that for sure i mean yeah like it's uh, I, I think i i don't think yeah super it wasn't super popular you know mm -hmm. like we've said by the audience and critic scores that we've seen out there um but yeah i think it's one of those that it's in certain circles of friends you know it's probably super popular very quoted um, and I have a question about quotes coming from one of our viewers later. Um, I'll jump to the next question. What were some of your favorite scenes in the in this movie? Well, okay, so talking about like cult classics, right? Like I feel like another cult classic, like however you want to, I think it did fairly well in the box office, but then like just has, it has like, repeatedly come up in like mainstream culture is Zoolander. And I think oh, that there's yeah. some like really good parallels between the different scenes. And I know that like one of my favorite things is comparing one of the scenes that happened in MacGruber to yeah. one of the scenes that happened in Zoolander and Let's then seeing it. like which one, which is, you know, which one would you prefer? Like what's the pros and cons? What do you, what do you like about it? So I'm going to set it up for you. Yeah. So there's a scene in Zoolander, which I know that you're intimately familiar with where they have a oh, yeah. gasoline fight, right? Yes. To George Michael, <laughs> 
uh, wake me up before you go. And so um, that's the one, you know, very, very tragic, but very, very preventable death scene uh, that really affects the main character. And in MacGruber, um, you know, he painstakingly puts together by hand a bunch of C4. Um, He gets all his buddies together. It's almost like a half hour scene of like getting all of these guys (laughs) together. Like it's going to be a very big part of the future of the movie. And then as he is, you know, going to go ahead and basically tell Ryan Flippy to shove it, um, they blow up. Because the trunk is filled with over 75 pounds of homemade C4 explosive that I personally packed in there with my own two. So what's what's the better death scene in your opinion? So yeah, I'm uh, I, I went back and forth on this one a little bit. Ultimately, I give the nod to Zoolander, um, only because it's so hilariously, as you said, avoidable and so outrageous. Like the idea of you know, and 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 it's a play. You know, for people who haven't seen Zoolander, Zoolander is a male model. What happens is he goes to the gas station with his male model friends, and it's just like they're making fun of the the trope that models aren't very intelligent right so here's these really attractive male models and they're spraying each other with gas and uh having a a gasoline fight and you know of course inevitably uh they die and uh and derek zoolander has the the very famous quote at at the you googly um you know anyone can die in a freak gasoline fight accident and uh (laughs) you know that that scene is just great but you know this this MacGruber scene, it's it harkened back to it in a in a really great callback way. I I would be interested to see if that was an intentional kind of uh, callback. Um, you yeah. know, I, I well, because one you saw coming, like you knew that something bad was going to happen with the gasoline. Because you're like, holy shit, wait, that's gasoline. Sure. Like, oh my god. And then what? Well, yeah, I'm like, oh my god, male smokers, totally. Like, I get it. <laughs> um, but th- I feel like the first time that I saw MacGruber, because like this wasn't the first time I saw MacGruber. Yeah. Um, I remember it happening. I was just like, you're just like, Who? what? <laughs> and then you're like, they can't survive that, you know. But and, uh, they don't. And, and, and there's a there's even a further parallel too, right? Because you know, I just mentioned in uh, Zoolander. Uh, Derek Zoolander gives a, a great eulogy at the, you know, for the funeral of his friends. And then uh, right after the ga- uh, the explosion in MacGruber, they cut to MacGruber in the colonel's office and he's asking about the eulogy. What did you think of my eulogies? Very touching. I might have uh, cut back on the F words a little. Well, they were fucking great guys. And this is a fucking asshole of a day. I know. It's just that their kids were there. They left because. So you know, there's, they have the, they have the uh, the parallel there between yep. uh, the, the eulogies too. Um, yeah, no, I, I think there's a lot. Of, you, you hit the nail on the head. There are a lot of parallels between these two movies, uh, and, and I think it's great. You you have uh, the over the top villain too with Mugatu and mm-hmm. uh, and Dieter von Kumpf. Um, You know, you have the idiotic yet super effective kind of heroes in MacGruber and Derek. So yeah. Um, yep. totally, a total great connection to make there. Um, so then that would be one of your favorite scenes is, is the blow up of the friends. Yeah. I mean, I also love like anything with Vicky St. Elmo in it because oh. like her like demure nature and just like the way that, you know, she's, she is, she's just like, what? And like, I think like also one of my, my favorite, 
um, scenes in it too, you know, and I think like this really should get a nod to like Kristen Wiig and her abilities is like when McGruber suggests that she's the decoy, which kind of plays a scene in the rest of the movie, right? Where like she has to dress up as him. And I mean, she's taller than him. So like, it's not even a good fit from the get go. (laughs) Like Ryan Filippi could have done that just as easily. And so the fact that it was, Kristen Wiig, Vicky St. Elmo, and the way that she she carries herself in it is just like, it's phenomenal. In addition to all of her pantsuits, I am just, I'm in love with her pantsuits. I want to go back there and wear them all. Yeah, this is going to be a little bit of a, of a Kristen Wiig uh, stan episode, I feel like, because, yeah, we're, we're huge on, uh, on her performance in this. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Why don't we go ahead and take a quick break and we can yeah. go ahead and get that uh, question from the listener so we can go ahead and, and read that. This episode of the TMC podcast brought to you by Pop Moms Podcast. New episodes airing now. The Pop Moms Podcast debunks the myth that moms and dads who smoke weed are bad parents. Pop Moms Podcast. This episode's also brought to you by Concerts That Made Us, a podcast where guests come on and relive their entire concert lives the good, the bad, and the funny. Don't miss Concerts That Made Us. Back to TMC. I'm glad you actually brought it up, Kate, the questions. Uh, this is a good place as a, to set a reminder to any listeners. If you have questions about the, the, the movies that we pick, uh, you can always, we'll have threads dedicated to those at some point, you know, on the TKOK Facebook group. But you can also email us at TKOKpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. This week, uh, our first question comes from an anonymous, and it is to Tommy and Kate, have you ever MacGrubered your way out of a situation? Um, yeah, like all the time. I'm, I'm like, I'm like a mom version of MacGruber. Right. Like Whether it be I, a broken toy or. Or like forgetting something or like making multiple use of diapers or like if I didn't have a diaper. Um, yeah, I'm like the person who like collects paper clips for like that one time. It's going to like get you out of a jam. I'm like now just putting this together, like literally in real time that I'm like just a mom version of MacGruber, like a, a less disgusting version we, we made a connection about uh, you know connecting how alike mcgruber and your husband were um <laughs> mcgruber has a tendency to upper deck people your husband yep. it's one of his favorite moves uh he likes a good throat rip mike yep. likes a good throat rip they had the removable cd faces um mike has a great the story tape deck tape deck re- removable tape deck as well um so yeah there are are, are quite a few similarities there and, and now Maybe we're we're learning a little bit about why you guys work so well. You guys are just Maybe. you guys are two MacGrubers in the same pod. We're almost like one half of the same MacGruber though. That, like the that's a beautiful way to put it. You guys right? make each other whole. You guys are you guys <laughs> together. You make a whole MacGruber. Together, together we're one MacGruber. <laughs> and, uh, and and I do want to point out. Yeah, well, you know, um, you know uh, that Mike's uh, you know one of Mike's favorite things was just the interaction between Philippi and uh, and MacGruber. He really yeah. loved just uh, how uh, you know as an agitator mcgruber was and just really never uh, warmed up to him until the very end as you know rookie it's fine i just banged it into a giant vagina so my face is a vagina huh well i bet you wish your nose was a dick so you could use it to fuck butts i forget the last time i saw you did i remember to tell you how ugly i think you are no you didn't well i think you're really ugly well i think you're looking in a mirror you want to go anytime any place <laughs> starting to like this guy just kidding i still hate you well, i hate you you want to go hey guys 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 from a mcgruber standpoint i 
I know I have, and I'm, and I'm, I'm really mad at myself because I probably have some really great examples of this. Um, you know, we came from a family that didn't have a lot. My dad was kind of like a, you know, a white trash MacGruber a little bit where, you know, something broke. He found these ways to put things back together that maybe were very. He's like half Val Kilmer and half MacGruber. Though. Oh, yeah, he really is. <laughs> I mean, he's more Val Kilmer than, than MacGruber, but in, in his realm of like uh, fixing stuff, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I find and I like to think of myself as uh, as very resourceful. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think that I'm uh, I've MacGruber my way out of some situations. I definitely know I've gotten in and out of some houses um, using some MacGruber, MacGruber-esque tactics, um, yeah. 100%, having locked myself out once or twice. Um, but oh, yeah, that so, recently happened. That actually happened before we were watching a different movie for this show. That's right. You, where Mike had to literally that. MacGruber his way into our house. Um, so the, so much so that the kids now just ask for it. Like, oh, are we going to lock ourselves up? Can we climb through the window again? Or just <laughs> like, no, yeah, no. see dad be a cat burglar. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It was amazing, though. A feat of strength and, and, and grandeur, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, so yeah, a uh, listener who, who sent that email in, thank you. And uh, I hope those, uh, those answers, you know, sufficed. And, uh, and if they don't, email us and yell at us. Yeah, yeah Give us sure. feedback. We yeah. love it. We, we do love it. We do love it. Um, we have one other question from a listener, and it was, uh, fuck, Mary kill. MacGruber, Dixon Piper, who is the Ryan Phillippe character, or Dieter von Kuff? Uh, I'll start this Oof. one off, Kate. I'm going okay. I'm I'm <laughs> to... So we see MacGruber have sex in this. Uh, I, I don't want any piece of that. Uh, something tells me Dieter von Kuff is, is a very giving lover. So I'm going to... Really? I'm gonna ch- I picture him like a jackrabbit. Oh, see, I bet you he's just very... like He likes to give. He's a giver. So I'm going to go with Dieter von Kump. For fuck? Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. For fuck. Uh, <laughs> so, I just, sorry. I'm, I'm obsessed with that. I'm just having sex with Dieter von Kump. Uh, totally. I'm gonna it's, marry, it's, it's mind encompassing. Yeah. I'm going to marry Dixon Piper and I'm going to kill MacGruber. Okay. Oh, I don't even know where, how I differentiate off of that. I think I'm going to marry Bill Kilmer because I can tame it. Um, I would... I mean, I guess fuck Ryan Filippi. But can I do like cruel intentions, Ryan Filippi? Like, can I have my choice of it or does it have to be? I mean, I don't think he's that far off. I, I was getting some Ryan Filippi, some cruel. He's th- not, but it's, I don't know. It's a difference of knowing everything that went down to three Witherspoon for me. Okay. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I, I'll, um, I'll, I'll let that slide. Yeah, you can have uh, cruel intentions. Okay, thank you. Okay. Um, so, and then, so I think I would also kill my Gruber, but Sorry, like. Groups. Yeah, it's it's is is he the guy who is in the last man on the world or yeah. on Earth? Yeah, yeah, he's the same man. guy. Okay, definitely kill. Yeah, um, because <laughs> the last man I standing? like liked that show, but I just like hate I hate his characters. <laughs> I hate go. him. Sorry, They're like Will. Michael Scott for me. And like yeah. again, like it, in the beginning, the first season and a half, totally chill. But once you get into multiple seasons of it, I can't. I uh, we're, we're both killing the groups and. Uh, we're swapping partners. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, we're swapping partners. So I, I guess. Oh I'll, wait, okay. So we have that. We we have the the listener questions, right? Yeah, Thank yeah, you guys it. for sending stuff in. This is like really fun because yeah. it's like more questions that we don't have to think of. For sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and not you. in a bad way. Like I like. I know we like to hear certain things, and you know we try to you know think about that from a viewer's perspective. But the viewer participation is super key, just in in making sure that we're answering and we're talking about the things that you want to. So thank you. For sure. Yeah. And, and- 
Go ahead. Yeah. No, I, I was gonna say, and also thank you for <laughs> all the participation on the on the TKOK yep. group page. That's also been a lot of fun this past week. Yeah, it's been super fun. Um, so I know that we heard about my favorite scenes, Tommy, but what were yours? So um, I think you know there, there's a big stretch, right? And it starts off. You, you kind of started talking about it, um, starting with uh, Vicky Saint Elmo dressing as MacGruber. That whole scene is you know amazing Chris and Wake's facial okay. expressions. Um, Very worried. <laughs> MacGruber's, yeah. MacGruber telling her, you, know, you, you look pretty, you know, when she's dressed as him. Um, that whole scene extended to the shootout with her in the coffee shop. Um, then there's the, the botched exchange um, where uh, where she's in another disguise and Ryan Phillippe is now disguised as MacGruber with the celery trick. Um, that whole stretch from, from that scene to, to, to when the bad guys get away with the codes and the money, uh, you know, that's one of the best scenes in the home, the, the, big, the best stretches in the whole movie. I would say that's all rewatchable. If I'm, you know, if I'm flipping channels and I happen to catch MacGruber on that, well, if I catch MacGruber in general, I'm probably sticking on it for a while. Totally. But specifically on that scene, I'm definitely staying. Can we talk about this, please? Well, there's nothing to talk about. Everybody knows that rats like cheese, and you, Vicky, are the cheese. But you're the one he wants to come after. Why can't you be dressed like you? Because you are. I have to say I have some serious concerns about this operation. You'll get close to her. Possibly dangerously close, and of course, in this line of business, anything can happen. But I know that Vicky can take care of herself. Are you sure this is going to work? Don't worry. When you turn around at gunpoint and they see that it's not me, mm-hmm. oh, they are going to be so furious. They're not going to know what to do. And that's when we got them. Hmm. What? You just look really pretty. Okay, don't worry, we got your back. We're only seven blocks away, so if anything goes down... Seven blocks? Okay, you got me. About 20 blocks. But if anything goes down, we'll be right there. Was anything closer? Nope. There were tons of spots closer. Yeah, with meters. Fine, look, I don't think I should be talking to you anymore because people are going to be staring at me and thinking that I'm talking to myself and I don't want to attract attention. And I'm at the counter, so... I'm just going to order now. Can I help you? Can I have a small latte? No, no, no. MacGruber would never order that. I'm all about the large Tazo tea. I'm sorry. Sorry, can I change that? Um, can I get a large Tazo tea? Sure. Anything else? No! No! Can I get your name? I'll let you take this one, Vic. Um, MacGruber. Good job. Give me 3.45. Yes, it is. It's what it is every time. Look at it. No, no tip. Get that tip back. Oh, I, I have to. Sorry. Don't say you're not sorry. I'm not. I'm not sorry. Wow. Okay, now before we do this, any questions? Why do I have to be Hoss? Because you're good at what you do. And why do I have to be you? First of all, you will never be me. And second of all, I forget your question. Um, outside of that, uh, I thought, you know, I don't know why it's such a small thing, but when uh, Philippi finds MacGruber's journal, and it's the, the KFBR 392 journal, that was just, I mean, it's something small. 
Um, in doing research for this episode, I learned that all of those drawings and all of those scribblings were actually Will Forte's. Between takes, he would just, he was like working on that. So the drawings of him, MacGruber, pooping in the, per- the guy's mouth and all that shit, that's actually Will Forte's drawings. Um, it shows. Uh, I thought maybe it was like, a, you know, maybe his younger nephew or something. Yeah, but no, that's yeah, actually I, Will I Forte. It. His actual writing. Um, also, maybe a little throwback to The Shining there. Uh, I was with, just going to say. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, you know, that was just another, I just love that scene. Um, there's a there's a throwaway line in this movie that is probably my favorite quote. quote and uh, it's towards the end. And uh, MacGruber kind of, uh, he, he rips out someone's throat. And then they set up a trap for the guys that are going to come into the room afterwards. And he's very proud of himself. And he's like, pretty good idea, huh? And Philip, he responds, <laughs> uh, well, which part? The desecration of the corpse or the water ambush? I love that. <laughs> and just with Gruber, the, the diffusing the nuke scene, because it's just such a great, uh, you know, parody of the actual McGruber's where he's you got to pick the wire and then it's just a thousand fucking wires and he just has no clue. Um, those were all those all made the list for, for my favorite scenes. Um, so, you know, we're talking a lot about uh, McGruber here, but I, I want to talk a little bit. I think we're going to talk about the same person our MVP of this movie. And, uh, and for me, it was very much Kristen Wiig, you know, as we've kind of alluded to here. Um, that's, I mean, no joke. She's a I, boss. I'm, yeah, I'm not Like joking. she stole the show. She really did. That stretch that I was talking about earlier, uh, it's just like a master class in comedic acting. Physical, mm-hmm. subtle. Uh, she is so phenomenal. They're probably the, what I think is maybe the worst scene in the movie, uh, which is the, the sex scene. She makes watchable, um, which, again, another little tidbit of information. We're just going to keep doling out these little nuggets. That sex, scene, that sex scene was filmed on Kristen Wiig's birthday. And if you're watching really carefully, um, and, and I was researching this because I thought there might be something to this, you see her turn her head to the side. And I, I thought that might be because she was laughing and had to, like, turn away to, from breaking character. But oh, I'm actually, sure. It was actually because Will Forte's sweat was dripping on her face. Oh, that's so disgusting. So disgusting. I thought it was like a bad breath thing. So yeah. I was kind of in that same world. I'm like, yeah. what's the what's the catch here? Yeah, same world. But, uh, you know, for all those reasons, uh, it just, you know, she's um, she was in, uh, I believe, in the same year or a year later, she's in Bride or Bridesmaids, which was number three on the Collider list. Yeah. So what a decade for her to be on the number totally. one and, and number like three. Like female comedic. Like, I like, too, is like a lot of the female comedies that I like, are just, they're, they're not afraid to like totally be like a funny female, you yeah. know, like she's really like, I don't care if this is embarrassing. Like, I don't have to be, you hot. know, even totally. though she's hot, I think she's totally hot. She's, yeah, totally. When, when they go to the party and she's uh and the, it's the Eddie money song and uh, yeah. he like lays on, eyes on her and that white pantsuit, she's hot, you know, so pantsuit. Yeah, you can. Grow My mom's the OG pantsuit rocker, I think. Oh, yes. Or at least like pants, pantsuit pants. Patty, uh, Patty's Facebook profile is, uh, is Dude, pretty Pat, smoking. right? It's pretty smoking. I can't really hope I age as well as she does. I was like, I mean, I did a double take. I had to, I was like, whoa, who? Oh, it's, uh, it's Kate's mom. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Yeah. It's like, my mom. Hey, total mom. babe. Shout out to, <laughs> shout out to Patty. Um, so w- would you agree? It, I would it, totally agree. It, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any way to go around it. She fucking, yeah. she really, really, uh, steals this. Um, one of the last things we're going to talk about is, um, so MacGruber, you know, if, for those who may not know is, uh, originated as an SNL skit. Um, mm-hmm. so it got me thinking, you know, is there, first of all, let's answer this question. Um, is there a better SNL skit made into a movie than Wayne's world? I, no. I think that would be the. I mean, pivotal. we can't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
Hot take. I think I might prefer MacGruber and... Now, if we put Waynesville 2 into this equation, it gets a little harder for me. Because uh, Waynesville 2 I actually like more than Waynesville. But um, if we're just talking Waynesville 1, I might put Ladies Man and MacGruber uh, ahead of it. It's, but it's, like, yeah, it's really I mean, close. Ladies Man's so good. It's so narrow. But I mean, at the same time, it's uh, I, I, I totally get it. Um, they're stupid, immature comedies, right? But there's something to be like I said. I've already said it before. There is something to be to be said for those. Um, so, so for you, it's Wayne's World. For me, you know, and I'm I'm going to go ahead and just just for the sake of of being contrarian, I'm going to say that uh, that those two movies just edge Wayne's World, uh, the original Wayne's World, out. And maybe if we're talking about Wayne's World too, I would have to put that number one. But discussion for another day. Um, yes. Let's move on to. SNL skits uh, or characters that haven't been made into a feature film that we may want to see. This was one of the questions on the group. I thought we got some great answers. Um, Pop Mom's podcast I saw had uh, Toots the Driving Cat, which which might for me be uh, a, a huge oversight when I was making my own list. Were there any other ones that, that came to your head? Yes. Okay. Um, Brian Fellow, Safari Planet. Yes. Yes. That was Brian another Brian Fellow, Safari <laughs> Planet. Brian Fellows. My favorite part, my favorite one is the bird. That bird better pray he don't screw up my credit. (laughs) What are you talking about? I'm gonna just go get a BB gun and shoot that bird's eyes out. So good. So good. It's so good. No, so those are great answers. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think there's so many. Uh, uh, Another one that I thought of kind of uh, in retrospect was Hans and Franz. I think that there could be a, a really great Hans and Franz skit out there. Um, there's the Mike Myers, Mike Myers character, Simon, who makes drawings in his bathtub. Um, oh yeah. I think that one could probably also be a standalone, <clears throat> but the one I want to see most, uh, so, and I don't even think he's underrated at this point. I think he's reaching the point where he's properly rated, but Bill Hader, one of my all time favorite SNL cast members, and he does a number of great characters and I'm sure people would jump at St. Stefan as the one, but I love his James Carville. Um, and he would make a kind of this reoccurring joke about his best friend being an alligator, alligator Joe. Pretty soon I'll be back in Louisiana drinking sweet tea on the porch with my high school buddy, Alligator Joe. And it, in one of the skits, him and Alligator Joe were uh, essentially catfishing members of Congress uh, and and then like killing them basically. So give me that movie. Give me James Carville and a best friend Alligator who are in some sort of seductive erotic thriller. Um, with some political leanings and, and make yeah, that it's inspirational, movie. really. <laughs> yeah, I want it. Give it to me. Uh, it sounds crazy, but I do want it. Um, I want, um, it's not a skit. I mean, it's not a short by any means, um, but I want, I just, I love Colin Jost and uh, Michael oh. Che. Like, I want to see Weekend Update, but then like, like, I want it to be like a story. You like, know what like I mean? They're Either news like, anchors. They're big news yeah, anchors. Like make, something like that. Because I think that that could be really cool. Because I really like, I like their dynamic a lot. That um, could be real. Yeah. Like a buddy news anchor kind of like yeah. spoof on CNN or Fox News. Or even you could do something like that where they're like rival anchors on one of the, you know, you have the left wing. Right. And then wing they come together yeah. to do a weekend that, update. That could be really good. Um, yeah, you I heard it we, here first. No, we have some great ideas. Uh, you know what, uh, Kate? We have actually we got a uh, another question just oh, now. Wow, that's yeah, amazing. It is. Um, this and question, time appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So, uh, and, and this will be our last question, and then we'll let you guys go. Um, but this person wants to know: uh, MacGruber seems like a bro comedy. How come 
guys like quoting movies so much. Um, oh my God. Oh my God. I'm sorry. Whoever that person is, that's like the question that like, like that answer holds so many other answers. Like that's, <laughs> it's like you a know, psychological, it just, it's a riddle wrapped inside. Exactly. Of it holds so many more, um, it holds so many more answers than just answering that at face value. I don't know, but I love, I love like one of my favorite things is like when Mike and you guys get together in person and you guys go back and forth on a lot of like your quotes, like that just like cracks me up as much as like the movie itself. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's fun for a lot of us. I don't know. You know, it's one of those things I, I, when I, when I read the question just a second ago, my gut reaction is, uh, you know, I, I I'm going to turn it to our audience, uh, you know, and, and really, if you're listening, um, I, I want to hear about this because is it a gender thing? You know, I, I know in our group of guy friends, we do do it a lot, but um, you know, our, I, I'm thinking of the, just in our group, the, the TKOK group, uh, there was a, a female member who asked about their favorite, favorite movie quotes. And I bet you if we go through it, there was a lot of females who participated in that. So, um, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just kind of, a, it, it depends on the group. You know, maybe I, I like to think that there are these groups of girls out there who are, uh, you know, friends and quoting movies all the time, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is a gender thing. Um, let us know. Let us know if, if that is, if that, if that's a accurate gender stereotype, do guys quote movies more than girls? We'd love to hear from you about that. Um, Kate, any last little, uh, bits of input from you on MacGruber? We covered so much. I mean, it's hard to go ahead and expand on that. I would say keep up the pantsuits. Um, I don't know. And just I need to get an electric keyboard um, with those really <laughs> dreamy curtains that can provide that type of lighting for when I want to channel, channel my inner Vicky St. Elmo. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much. This has been a pleasure. This is The Movie Club. We will see you next week over in the Bye. Bye. Bye.